And we're back here, episode 19 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. I'm Mike Gill, Bill DeMont Mollen. He is the voice and the face behind at Announcer Skeds on Twitter. You guys have been following him for all the announcer um, schedules, I guess, if you will. Their assignments, he tweets them out all across the country. We discuss them here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. We look back at the great calls We give our thoughts on the teams, uh, and obviously we give you the announcer pairings for the week. As many as we can, we go as deep as we can, and we're in week number 19, Phil. The podcast keeps growing. Dave Sims was our guest last week. If you missed any of our previous guests, you can go back to the Sports Media Watch feed and go back and hear the story of great announcers that we've had on the pod already subscribe rate review we're on the sports media watch feed apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast you can listen to the announcer schedules podcast phil episode 19 outstanding yeah looking forward to breaking it all down it is starting to get busy and hectic out there in the announcer world between the start of nba and nhl major league baseball playoffs in full swing and of course college football and NFL on a weekly basis as well. So uh, we got all sports crossing pass. I mean, here where I am in the Philadelphia area, we've got the Eagles and Dallas. We've got the Phillies in the playoffs. The Flyers open on Thursday night. The Sixers next Tuesday. So it is that time of the year where all four sports are in play. We saw hockey get underway. We got the baseball playoffs. But let's start where everybody uh, was watching, uh, which is the baseball playoffs. And uh, you got the Phillies, and we had the Yankees, and we had the Mets lose. So we had a lot of pretty interesting baseball things as we get kicking off on the Announcer Schedule podcast. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too. You know, ESPN had the, the rights to those wild card um, series, and it, it was interesting this past weekend how they kind of juggled that with their – um, college football inventory as well. And then, you know, we kind of turn the page now, TBS, Fox, FS1, and then on the radio side, ESPN Radio going strong with the AL and NLDS. Yeah, so we got some calls from the uh, playoff series because, you know, these were the ESPN games, so we want to give a hat tip to some of those teams. These games are now uh, – ESPN Radio has them, but uh, Fox TV and TBS on the American League side – this was the Phillies Cardinals, Michael Kay, getting things going in that Phillies Cardinals series. Popped up. Will Sosa get there? Yes, he will. And the Phillies hold on. They win 2 nothing, and they will meet the Atlanta Braves in the National League Division Series. How about the Phillies? I really like how at the end there, he. how about the Phillies? A-Rod got out of the way, and he just let the camera show the pictures of the faces of the Cardinals players there, as that was an upset. Two games to none. Hearing Michael Kay on the national broadcast, you know, we had him on the that alternate broadcast throughout the, the season with A-Rod. A-Rod was his, his partner on the, this traditional broadcast uh but i you know i think he's a solid play-by-play announcer obviously he's got one of the you know 
bigger gigs going as the the Yankees announcer throughout the season. But yeah, you know, I, I thought solid call there, and you know, he brought us the the action of that uh, that moment. Let's hear how they called it in Philadelphia. Scott Fransky. Brown, he's under it. He's got it. And the game is over, and the Phillies jubilant pile out of the dugout as they celebrate a win here in St. Louis. They hang on in the ninth, and it's a 2-0 shutout over the Cardinals. And they will advance to the division series to take on the Atlanta Braves. Unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable. It's believable with this pitch. And you can hear the difference there. That's Larry Anderson on the analyst there. He, in the same pictures, is talking over those same camera shots that Kay let breathe because Fransky's on radio, so he's giving you what's next for the Phillies as they're jumping up and down. Yeah, and of course, the the excitement of, of being the home team announcer as well. Um, he had a couple other really good ones throughout the wild card series also. Yeah, so uh, that was the Phillies wild card. They played the Braves, and uh, that is Carl Ravitch and Tim Kirkshin calling that Phillies Braves series, which really was highlighted by a big first inning, couple of hits, and a big catch late in the game uh, by uh, Nick Castellanos, who's not known for his defense in that one. So the baseball continues on. What do we have moving forward in these division series as they are now underway? Yeah, so Astros Mariners underway. Uh, TBS has got that one. That started with some some drama. Uh, Brian Anderson, Jeff Francoeur, Matt Weiner are the announcers on the TBS side radio. Dave O'Brien and Marley Rivera. Uh, that series starting in Houston. Um, and then the other TBS series, in the, and this is interesting, Bob Costas handling the, the play-by-play role uh, for the Yankees-Guardians series. Um, Costas, you know, I've talked about it before. Yeah, I really enjoy him as a as a play-by-play baseball announcer. And Ron Darling, his analyst, you know, folks know him from throughout the season with, with TBS. And then, of course, the you know, part of that Mets broadcast with Gary Cohen. Um, Lauren Shahadi is the reporter there. Dan Shulman and Eduardo Perez are the radio announcers for that one on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio has got the all, all four of the series. And then over on Fox, uh, Braves, Phillies, Joe's, Joe Davis, John Smoltz, and Ken Rosenthal, Ravich and Kirkjian on the radio. And then Dodgers, Padres, Adam Amin, A.J. Pruszynski, and Tom Verducci, Boog Shambi, and Doug Glanville on the radio. One kind of interesting note there you know, they decided to go with Davis, Smoltz, and Rosenthal for the Braves-Philly series over the Dodgers-Padres series. There was a little bit of speculation. I don't know if there's any truth to this, that they, you know, kept Davis off of a Dodgers series just to avoid any, you know, potential conflicts or, or perceptions there. Um, but Davis, Smoltz, and Rosenthal, of course, you know, we'll, we'll call the World Series. And I guess, it, you know, maybe ultimately the judgment here was, Braves Phillies more attractive to a, a larger part of the country, perhaps, than Dodgers Padres. Well, it's interesting. I listened to a lot of that game yesterday. In fact, I listened to the whole game. You got Smoltz, a former Brave, on the Braves, so they didn't have a problem with that. And a lot of people here thought Smoltz was uh, a little leaning towards the Braves. I didn't really feel that way. I will say this um, you know, the Dodger Padre games are more in prime time, so I was a little surprised that they did put the number one team on these afternoon games because the Phillies are playing all afternoons. Uh, game one was a was a uh, what two o'clock start or one thirty or something or one two o'clock two o seven and then a four thirty a four thirty a Saturday at two and then a Sunday is either four thirty or six depending 
on what happens there. And those are, uh, you know, they're not the best times for your number one team. So I was a little surprised. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of it'd be interesting to know the full understanding. I do, even though you know, on social media, people are speculating this kind of thing and in talking so much about bias towards certain teams or home teams and that kind of thing. I've dispelled this before. In my opinion, you know, guys on this national level, it's not a factor. They're able to to um, you know uh, know that it's a national audience and play it as such and you know whether Smoltz is on a Braves game Davis on a on a Dodgers game uh Przinsky on a White Sox game it doesn't we had, matter Phil yeah. we had Dave Sims on last week talk about that he's the Mariners guy he said when he's the Mariners guy he's he's a little bit more you know biased and when he's a national guy he prepares as such he talked about calling perfect games and no hitters and you know home games and he talked a lot about that so go back in the archives and listen to Dave Sims Talk about what it's like calling the home team and a national game. It is a, a little bit different preparation. Uh, but good teams, good pairings. Bob Costas, Ron Darling, that's that Yankees-Guardians. There was some criticism, I don't know if you saw it, uh, of the promo that they did for the movie uh, in the middle of that Lauren Shahadi came in. Uh, there was a lot of criticism on that particular moment in the game. Yeah, um, I caught it after the fact and saw some of the kind of the the criticism and the, the <laughs> what do we I think mean, of what do we think of them incorporating what do we think of them incorporating that into the play by plays? Uh, I'm sure the play by player Bob Costas did not enjoy having to do that. No, I mean I didn't see it live, so I, I'm I'm unable to kind of comment on how it flowed exactly. Not in great the course of the game. Not, not great. great. It sounds like, but you know, Hey, this is, you know, so much of this corporate stuff and the, this, um, you know, the, the sponsorship and all that, there is, you know, precedent for getting it incorporated like this. And, you know, whether it be a halftime show or, you know, NASCAR does this kind of thing all the time, you know, kind of the, this gimmicky stuff. The question is how big's that paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember the, a couple of years ago, remember a couple of years ago, they put the ads on the bases, I think, wasn't there ads on the bases, for a movie that was coming out, yeah, I guess everybody's got a got a price, uh, and in in this probably, um, I'm sure it wasn't a favorite of the producers and directors as well. But then again, if the guys who are signing the checks say, "Hey, make this happen," uh, that's you know your your job to do so. Okay, let's uh, baseball. Those series are all going on through the weekend. The NLCS starts Tuesday. And the ALCS uh, will start on Wednesday, so we'll have all that next week on the Announcer Schedules podcast. We'll see who's assigned where, and we'll get that for you here. Uh, the NFL, week five, uh, we had some fantastic finishes down to the wire. Yet again, we had some good ones. Yeah, uh, Bears-Vikings was a, was an exciting one that I noticed. Um, Adam Amin, who we've been talking about, you know, is a part of this baseball coverage uh, doing the – the series out West. He was on that game um, in Minnesota and uh, also noticed uh, our, our buddy uh, Andrew Catalan on that Titans commanders games. Those two games came down to the wire. So did several others. And, you know, once again, it matters if you get one of these games that are, that are tight versus one of these blowouts, you know, um, that Steelers bills game, you know, had a, had a large chunk of the country and that there was a lot of attention on that, but, you know, it turns into a runaway. So how many people are tuning away, you know, come the second half versus, you know, these games that come down to the wire. Yeah, Adam Amin, 
uh, that game. The final call here, we'll give you a little cut of that because this was the Fox broadcast seven-point game. Bears with the ball, final play. Here we go. Fields underneath. He finds the former Viking Amir Smith-Marset. And it's stripped away by Dantzler. He takes it down into Bears territory. A huge turnover with a minute to go. Adam Amin on the call there. The big turnover late in the game with the minute to go. And you hear the inflection really show you that that, that ended the game. In, in another example, I think, of what we were talking about before, that any fan who who thinks a national announcer is biased towards one team or another because of their upbringing or because of their, you know, uh, hometown or whatever it might be, it's just not the case. In, in, in this case, Adam Amin is a Chicago guy. He went to Valparaiso University just outside of Chicago. He's the uh, one of the announcers for the Bulls. Um, I mean, this guy is a Chicago guy through and through, you know, probably, you know, grew up as a huge Bears fan, and it certainly didn't sound like it there. Uh, Andrew Catalan has been a guest of the Announcer Schedule podcast. Go back in the archives and listen to his journey. Syracuse, uh, he told us all about it a couple of weeks ago. He called this on the final play of the Washington Titans. Wentz, quick pass. And he's finally brought down near midfield. Carson Wentz intercepted as time expires and the Titans win. Catalan with uh, the call there used to see Wentz throw that big pick. It's almost like he anticipated. Yeah, nicely done there. And, uh, you know, a tough thing on, on interceptions and you really do rely on your spotter in that case in a lot of uh, of those situations. You really want to make sure you got that number right and that uh, ID right on that player. And sometimes it's a little tough when things are happening quickly on an interception and on an interception return. And you can kind of tell Catalan sort of, you know, gave it an extra second. And what I would imagine is he's double confirming in his head that, all right, I'm, I'm making the right call here as far as who got that pick and who's making that return. All right. Uh, week six is here. As always, Phil will give you the TV assignments. I'll give you the radio stuff. Who we got as we start Thursday night football on Amazon Prime? Well, um, same old, same old here. You know, it's becoming routine now. Uh, Commanders and Bears on Thursday night. Quick note That's on that. The- quick note on that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch has signed to be a part of the pregame show. I think it's going to be recorded hits, not on site, but uh, you're just adding another piece to the Amazon pregame show. So go ahead. Yeah, we need a whole spreadsheet just to take uh, note of all the pregame, halftime, and postgame personnel that they've got over there at Amazon. But there's one more. But yeah, of course, Michaels Herbstreet and, and Hartung uh, will be on the call uh, for Commanders and Bears. That's the Thursday night game. And then, you know, another full slate come Sunday. Jets Packers, that's that number one Fox team. Burkhart, Olsen, uh, Andrews, and Rinaldi on the sidelines. Uh, Buccaneers Steelers, that's another game on Fox in the one o'clock window. Uh, Daryl Johnston um, is on the call there. And, you know, at the moment, um, I haven't seen an announcement who his play by play announcer is going to be. So, you know, uh, typically that would be Joe Davis right there. So, you know, I think that depends 
in a sense on how long the series goes, Braves and Phillies, you know, obviously if it goes all the way to Sunday, uh, Davis uh, looks like he's assigned to the game five of uh, Braves and Phillies, but we'll have to wait and see there. But I'm currently showing that as a, as a TBD. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we're recording this um, on Wednesday morning. So things may change, but by the time you're, you're listening to this, um, Vikings, Dolphins, uh, Kenny Albert, and uh, Jonathan Vilma on. By that. the way, by the way, Forty um, ers Falcons, you missed that. That's also has no uh, assigned announcer yet. Yeah, and so that's a that's a case just like Joe Davis with Adam Amin. You know uh, whether that I would imagine if that Dodgers Padres series goes five games. So let's um, let's talk about that real quick because we have two TBDs that involve you know your number two guy and your number three guy. How or or, or however you want to slice it. Do they bring in guys who have not called games? Do they move guys around? Do they say, hey, Kenny, you're not going to work with Jonathan this week. We're going to move you up to work with Daryl because we think, you know, because obviously there's a pecking order of these games. How how does that work, Phil? Yeah, I, I would imagine there's no sh- shifting around from game to game at that point. You know, obviously, you know, preparation is well underway, travel set. So, for instance, like Panthers-Rams, you know, the 4 o'clock game, Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, I can almost guarantee you they're, they're going to do Panthers-Rams this weekend no matter what. And, and same goes for Cardinals-Seahawks with Chris Myers and Robert Smith. Now, there, there's more announcers than meet the eye, you know, in terms of, you know, both both at CBS and Fox who are, are available perhaps and, and also um, capable of doing – you know, uh, these type of assignments and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, would imagine they're going to kind of, kind of wait and see here, you know, it'd be interesting if like one of the, the major league baseball series goes five games, but the other doesn't does, you know, um, you know, Amin or Davis still, you know, make their NFL game. Um, you know, there, there's some variables here, but you, you have to think that they're going to, figure this out sooner rather than later and again well, by the tough. time you're listening to this perhaps it's tough because the baseball is not going to be figured out really until possibly Saturday I mean the Philly series with Joe Davis is on for Fox uh, FS1 and Fox that game could go Saturday does he go from Philadelphia to whatever game, what game is he, uh, would he be assigned to? It looks like he would be in Pittsburgh. So that's not tough. He can get from Philly to Pittsburgh pretty quickly there. Adam Amin, uh, I guess those games are in Cleveland for the – is he doing the – what game, what series? No, no he, he he's in Atlanta, right? Not, well, Niners, no, he's Falcons. in Atlanta for football, but for baseball, Adam Amin – right now is no it would be it would be los angeles right he's across the country san diego on saturday yes so if that game continues on to you know whenever they would play uh there's a good pot let's see uh so saturday that game is let's see that's a 9 30 eastern time game in san diego he would have to get from san diego at the completion of that game over to Atlanta to call a one o'clock game. You're really cutting it close there. Yeah, it, it is cutting it close. I mean, Atlanta is a major airport, and so you've got that to benefit. I mean, but speaking of in some of these extreme situations and with these really big shows, you know, they do use private aircraft from from time to time if necessary. Um, but yeah, that's 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 a big. <laughs> well, you know, Phil, uh, while we're on the topic, there. while we're on the topic, speaking of Atlanta. The broadcaster missed a game this week. Yeah, so, I mean, 
it's kind of amazing to me that it doesn't happen more often considering the tight schedules. Sometimes these announcers pull, we're talking about a, a potential situation there with, with Adam Amin and Joe Davis, but you know, there's several announcers who call both college football for, for a television entity and then an NFL um, responsibility on Sundays. And one of those is Wes Durham. Uh, Wes has been around a long time, um, is the voice of the Falcons. I think he's been doing it nearly 20 years. And he had a college football game on Saturday of this past weekend, Virginia Tech at Pitt. And he got stuck um, on route from Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay and ended up, I don't know the full story, but he at least missed the the, the beginning of that game. Um, he might have missed the whole thing when it was all said and done. His analyst had to step in. Um, and handle, you know, play-by-play duties. So um, it it can happen. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Um, there's other guys who do that sort of double college football on Saturday for network TV and then a radio play-by-play assignment on Sunday. A couple that come to mind, uh, Dave Pash. Um, you know, he's the Cardinals play-by-play announcer on radio. Uh, Bob Wischusen, who was a guest of the program, no, he always does a big game on Saturdays uh, for ESPN or ABC, and then he heads to New York City for, you know, um, uh, Jets action out of East Rutherford. Um, and then, meanwhile, um, we mentioned West Durham. Uh, uh, Anish Shroff, you know, recently um, was named the Carolina Panthers radio play-by-play announcer. So on Sundays, uh, he's got to get into position, and especially when it's a 1 o'clock NFL game. Does this get difficult? And I was actually talking to our our buddy TJ Reeves about this very subject. He had an insane night of travel. Uh, he's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter on radio, and he had a uh, Saturday college football game with Tiki Barber, um, Alabama, Texas A&M, and he had to somehow get back uh, to Tampa after doing a night game in Tuscaloosa, which is pretty remote and then having to deal with stadium traffic. And he had to get ultimately to the Atlanta airport because he didn't want to risk a a connection, Birmingham to Atlanta to Tampa. So he drove all the way to Atlanta um, and he made the game. However, West Durham was trying something actually not as ambitious, you know, trying to get from Pittsburgh. Uh, That was a mid-afternoon game, I think a 3.30 game up in Pittsburgh uh, for Wes on the ACC network. And then, you know, I guess it was it was too late that he couldn't get a flight out on Saturday night. Sunday morning, you know, he he does his best to to get from Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay. Um, somewhere along the way, you know, he's he's unable to make it. And, you know, he's got this long streak of doing radio play-by-play games for the Falcons, and that's broken. So it is difficult, especially if you can't get out um on that Saturday night on a college football NFL double. Um, you know, it certainly helps if you've got like a noon game on Saturday, and it certainly helps if you got a four o'clock game on Sunday. But it's surprising to me that that this doesn't happen, you know, more often. And uh kind of kind of interesting, um, especially in today's world of airline travel, you know, where it's becoming more and more hectic at the airports, flights are overbooked, uh, flights getting canceled, all these things, and it's it's 
being coming harder and harder to pull off these these doubles. Hey, I did one earlier this season. I had I had a, a couple of college football games in in Charlotte, and then I had to get to uh, a Steelers game for a one o'clock game on Sunday morning, and I didn't have any difficulties. And I was stressed just trying to make it there on time with a uh, you know um, with no flight difficulties at all. So you know it's it's kind of um, pins and needles in a lot of these cases as far as this travel. And then it's going to heat up even more once we get into NBA, NHL crossover season where there's multiple responsibilities and some of these guys are going all over the country, you know, uh, for these different sports and so forth. But it's worth keeping an eye on and uh, certainly really fascinating as far as how uh, Fox will handle, you know, the assignments with these crossover uh, baseball uh <laughs> you know, um, situations as well. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And I did hear, uh, I believe this was on the uh, Marshan and Aran podcast, give a hat tip to them, that John Aran spoke to, maybe it was Andrew, who spoke to um, Rob Manford, and he said the ratings have been so good for the baseball on the weekend. Remember, these games were supposed to be during the week. He said the ratings have been so good that they might explore keeping these games, the wild card round, on the weekend as opposed to doing them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday like they were originally supposed to do. So you could see this happen in the future too where the broadcasters are all over the place. Because keep in mind, normally these games would have been played during the week then the broadcasters would have been avail- would have been available for the weekend to be back for their football assignments. But because baseball had the lockout, those games got moved to the weekend. Now the broadcasters are all over the place. But Rob Manfred says he likes the ratings. He might keep those games on the weekend. So we shall see. Phil, why don't we clean up uh, and finish out the NFL assignments for this week? Yep. So um, over on the CBS side of things, Ravens and Giants, uh, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn. So a familiar crew there, of course. And Patriots Browns gets the, the Kevin Harlan, Trent Green team, along with Melanie Collins on the sidelines. Bengals Saints. Greg Gumbel, um, Adam Archuleta, and A.J. Ross. Uh, Andrew Catalan will be on Jaguars and Colts this time around, uh, along with his partner, 
James Lofton. Uh, we mentioned those Fox games in the four o'clock window, Kugler and uh, Myers on Panthers, Rams, and Cardinals, Seahawks, respectively. And then the 425 game, uh, the the big CBS national game, Bills, Chiefs. I mean, what a big matchup this is. Uh, Nance, Romo, and Wolfson. And then the Sunday night game, Cowboys, Eagles, Monday night, Broncos, Chargers. Okay, there you go on the radio side real quick. Uh, a lot of games on radio. Don't forget our radio friends, Ian Eagle, Tony Baselli. That's Westwood One Thursday night, uh, ESPN Radio. Steve Levy and Mike Tannenbaum. I'm not sure Tannenbaum has done a game on analysts. Not that I remember anyway. That's the Tampa Bay Steelers game. He's done a couple this year, actually, with with Levy. So that that's a pairing that they've used a couple times on, on ESPN radio. You know, Tannenbaum was brought in I mean, maybe a season or two ago as, you know, more of a studio analyst type role. But he has been um, in that seat a couple times this season already. Okay, I know Sal Powell matched with Levy. I'm imagining Sal Powell will be at the Eagles uh, Dallas game. He's uh, kind of that Philly guy for them. This is a huge game in Philadelphia, so he probably will get that assignment for Sports Center. Uh, the other radio stuff, Sports USA, John Ayers and Brandon Noble. That's Ravens Giants. We're going to carry that in my market. Uh, so the Giants uh, getting a little national radio there with the Ravens. And then uh, the Sports USA broadcast of Panthers Ram. Larry Kahn is their play-by-player. They do not have at this time and I'm checking my email here because I normally get the Sports USA updates. Uh, I have not got the Sports USA update yet for this week. So that generally comes. Uh, Lyle Gordon is their guy there uh, who will usually send me the updates. I got nothing on that yet. Compass Media, Chris Carino, Brian Baldinger, that Bills Chiefs game. That's the big one at 425. That's the Nance Romo on TV. Carino and Baldinger get that game on radio. Two national radio broadcasts. This is interesting for Dallas and Philly. Ryan Radke, Mike Golick Sr., Westwood 1. And then, of course, Compass has their national coverage of Kevin Ray and Danny White doing the Sunday night football game. And then on Monday, it's Harlan and Warner. So two national calls for Sunday night football. Yeah, so options there certainly you know for for the listeners and the fans of, of the announcers and um as we've talked about before that that compass media package even though they they do every cowboys games that is a, a national package and and once again another example danny white the former quarterback for the cowboys uh he's got to put on his national hat at least a little bit there for compass media i don't know that. that they do a uh national i think it's more of a local feel if you uh listen to that broadcast yeah okay i have Fair we, we've had it on before because a lot of times after eagles games we'll go to the cowboy game you know we have a lot of stinking cowboy fans in our market so uh, i will oblige and give them you know after eagles are over we try to go to an nfc east game if we can and we always have the option to go dallas and when they play the 425 game or the four o'clock game we'll go there uh, and Kevin Ray and Danny White, it's 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 not a national uh, per se. It is a localized national game, much like Compass Media also carries the Raiders game, and that was more of a local national Raiders broadcast. Yeah, you know the the arrogance of these NFL teams to have these national uh, packages. You know, it's sort of like Notre Dame football, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to. And uh, the college game here because we had a lot here and we had some great finishes and we got a lot week seven stuff. So uh, let's get a couple of quick recaps from the week that was. Yeah, you know, it's 
another wild week in, in college football. Um, Alabama, Texas A&M, you know, was the big one. You know, this game had so much hype in the offseason with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going back and forth on the, you know, NIL stuff and, and all that. And, you know, the, the game actually well, delivered. You know, there was a little bit of feeling that, you know, it was going to be a little anticlimactic just because Texas A&M had, had um, stumbled you know, in the, the games leading up to this big Bama matchup. But the, the game ended up being very dramatic. Um, you know, obviously, I'd imagine, um, I'm sure John Lewis and company uh, have all the numbers, but, you know, that it had to have a have a big number in terms of TV ratings and all that. And it came down to the final moments. Already as well. Game Tiki hangs on this play, no matter what. Either an AM touchdown and a win or an Alabama stop and a win. 24 20, the tide leads. Yeah, the way it looks like the Alabama's lining up, it's man across the board. Right. You're going to get a lot of pressure on Haynes King. From the two yard line, three receivers left, one to the right. Quick snap. King looks early. King fires right. It's incomplete. And that will end the game. Alabama has held. There are no flags on the field, and the Crimson Tide survive on their own two-yard line with one final stop, 24 to 20. T.J. Reeves and uh, Tiki Barber on the Compass Media radio feed there, uh, bringing you the drama of the final play. Yeah, we mentioned those two before, and not long after that was over, they were battling traffic to try to try to get out of there into their their Sunday assignment. But uh, cool to hear our, our buddy TJ on the play by play call, and uh, great job there. You know, as far as that excitement goes, um, you know that stadium was absolutely um, lit that night. Let's give one more uh, hat tip uh, for a close game here. Came down to the wire as NC State took on Florida State. Mike Monaco struggles they've experienced this season. Drive started at the Seminole eight-yard line. Travis throws. Left side, locks it, and Borkin's there to pick it off! Wow! Seals the deal with the interception. Tim Hasselback was the analyst on that one, but uh, NC State survives. Yeah, the common denominator between both these games, Bama A&M and NC State, Florida State, is very questionable uh, play calls here. You know, um, you know, Florida State could have just kicked a field goal. Instead, they try a deep shot, <laughs> ends up in an interception, and NC State takes the win. And then, you know, a lot of people were criticizing that Texas A&M uh, play call on, the, on that final play as well. So, yeah, you know, analyst, um, I'd imagine – broke those down, uh, whether it be Tiki Barber on national radio, Gary Danielson in that at A&M game, or Tim Hasselbeck in that Florida State game. But a uh, great call there by by Mike Monaco. He's got the Syracuse game uh, this weekend, and uh, they play NC State again. So, you know, that'll help him in, in terms of his preparation. We've talked to a couple of our announcers how, how beneficial that is to actually, you know, have the luck of getting assigned the same team, you know, twice in the same season or even better in back-to-back weeks just because you're that much more familiar. Okay, let's get the week seven assignments. Uh, They start Wednesday night. We're recording on Wednesday, so there's a game. And then Thursday, you've got the college games. Friday, Saturday, a bunch of them. Yeah, if you're listening to this on Thursday and you're like, hey, who the heck called that Louisiana Marshall game uh, last night? It was Mike Morgan and Aaron Murray. Uh, We've talked about Murray. You know, he was with CBS. Um, 
doing a lot of studio stuff. Um, you know, they're working him into the fold more and more at ESPN. And, you know, this is the first week we've had these Wednesday games. And I believe it's part of the schedule from this point moving forward. Eventually we'll get into some of that action, you know, as far as that, that weekday uh, inventory. And then, you know, we continue on Thursday. Uh, Temple UCF is the ESPN game with with Matt Barry and company. Uh, Baylor West Virginia over on uh, FS1. Um, you know your Mountaineers uh, with Noah Eagle and, and Mark Helfrich on that one. Yeah, and then, I, I uh, definitely uh, going to be interested. Helfrich, I believe, is a BC guy. That's the old BC West Virginia games back in the Big East. Yeah, um, Mark Helfrich. You know he he was the Oregon coach and. Um, you know, it, oh, okay, then, that Helfrich, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, so Helfrich, you know, was the the Oregon coach and and has moved over to to television work. Um, does not have a Twitter handle, by the way. Yeah. So on the on the announcer skeds, I was thinking uh, of the linebacker Herz Herzlick. Uh, yes, Herzlick. Yes, yes, yes. Herzlick does work on the ACC network. That's where primarily. I got confused. Gotcha. Yep. So uh, Noah Eagle uh, and Helfrich on the Baylor-West Virginia game. And then, you know, got a couple games on Friday as well, including uh, some Ivy League action over on ESPNU, uh, Navy SMU with Roy Philpott and Andre Ware. Um, you know, they've been getting those, those Friday assignments each week. And then come Saturday, you know, game day is going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. And this is the second time in the last four weeks, and I'd be interesting – to see if, if anyone's done the research here, perhaps uh, the bear Chris Felica has this at his fingertips, but has it, has a team ever hosted, you know, this, you know, twice in this short of a span of time. Um, but that's going to be the case with uh, the volunteers. Um, you know, they are absolutely rolling and, you know, they, they'll, they'll be hosting game day again uh, on Saturday after it was in Lawrence, Kansas last week. They also hosted it back on September 24th when they, hosted the Gators and then um, a full slate of games on Saturday. Um, you know, college football just continues to roll on. Yeah. And of course, a couple radio games, uh, the national stuff, uh, Mark Hester, sir, our buddy, Mark, he's been on the podcast. Go back and listen to that conversation. Kelly Stoffer and Fitzsimmons. That's that Penn state Michigan game. That's the noon ESPN radio. Um, Westwood one, Sam Niederman, Derek Rackley, Alabama, Tennessee, three thirty. You got that Learfield game with Sloan Martin, Mike Golick Jr. of Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, and then you've got Compass Media with uh, Matt Money Smith and Chad Brown doing that USC Utah. Got that Pac twelve game on Saturday night, and uh, you've got uh, a bunch of them as always. I believe there's a couple of more uh, on the now. Na- there's a um, I'm trying because I have all these games on my schedule here. There's a uh, a bunch of stuff. So uh, as you know, a lot of broadcasters are getting work on Saturdays. Yeah, and and, and back to the TV side, a couple more notables. Um, you know, in that noon window on ABC, Mark Jones, Robert Griffin the third on that one. That's Iowa State at Texas. Uh, those two had the late night game, uh, Oregon State Stanford uh, this past week, and I don't know if you caught it, but RG three got out there with that wacky Stanford band and, and, and uh, you know, got involved there. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, uh, b- uh, the Fox game, you know, the, the big noon kickoff game, Gus Johnson, Joel Clad. It seems like Michigan's been in that spot, uh, you know, virtually all season long. Auburn, Ole Miss, uh, there's Bob was choosing. Um, so that's kind of a remote little location that he's got to get back to, to 
um, his NFL assignment from, um, you know, playing in Ole Miss. Uh, Dan Orlovsky is his partner. Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Dave Fleming on the call for that one on the play-by-play side. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, we mentioned game day there. It's the CBS game. Uh, Brad Nestler, Gary Danielson, and Jenny Dell. Also 3.30 on Saturday, Oklahoma State TCU. That's the ABC game with Sean McDonough and and Todd Blackledge. Uh, Dave Pash, uh, another one of those announcers who works on Sundays as well on the Cardinals radio. Uh, He will be out west, Arkansas at BYU. That's a 3.30 game. Uh, Maryland, Indiana, Anish Shroff, who will then have to, you know, uh, handle his Panthers duties on Sundays as well. Uh, Schroff and Osweiler uh, on the call for that one. They've had a lot of exciting games down the stretch. LSU, Florida, that's uh, the Joe Test game. Uh, and then later that night is also Clemson, Florida State. So Herb Street, after doing game day in Knoxville, Tennessee, will head down to Tallahassee for the Clemson, Florida State game. Uh, Fowler, the announcer there on the play-by-play side. Pat McAfee doing an alternate broadcast for that one over on ESPN2. Uh, and then a few more assignments, uh, 8 o'clock on, e- on Fox, rather, USC-Utah. That's the Benetti and Brock Heward team. Uh, and then some games out west as well. You know I'm always a big fan of these. Utah State, Colorado State, Rich Waltz and Aaron Taylor. Uh, Washington State, Oregon State, uh, Roxy Bernstein on the Pac-12 network call there. Air Force, UNLV, Carter Blackburn, and Tom Herman. We're getting deep now. San Jose State and Fresno State, Jeff Levering on the play-by-play call there. And then midnight, Nevada at Hawaii. And you need to find something called SPEC pay-per-view or Team One sports app to tune into this one if you're a real degenerate you're you're checking this out and Kanoa Lee who who actually ha, you know does some some pretty cool work out there in Hawaii when that those um college basketball tournaments make their way out there he does a lot of the work there for ESPN as well uh he'll be on the call for that one but if you if you can't get to sleep on the east coast uh try to find that Nevada Hawaii game all right uh we got all the college there for you pick out your favorite game and make sure you check them out and then listen to us next week play the highlights on the announcer schedule podcast all right whoo you thought we're done no nba is back to opening night tnt it's the sixers and the celtics who's on it yeah so this is coming up um a week from now uh probably when you're listening to this program um next week uh Opening night, we'll have Ian Eagle and Stan Van Gundy, along with Chris Haynes, reporting for that 76ers Celtics. And then, you know, the the 76ers are part of the Thursday night game on TNT as well. Uh, That'll be, once again, Eagle, Van Gundy, and Jared Greenberg. So that keeps things kind of simple for those guys in terms of uh, prep work goes. ESPN will make its debut on Wednesday, October the 19th, and they'll have the Friday uh, October 21st package as well. And then the Lakers Warriors, uh, that'll be part of that opening night on TNT. Also, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, Stephanie Reddy is the reporter. And then that same crew, Harlan and Miller and Reddy, will do Clippers Lakers on Thursday, the 20th. So in the cases of Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan, a couple more examples of their schedules really starting to ramp up quite a bit with the start of the NBA as well. All right, there you go, the NBA. 
and uh, just a little peel the curtain back as a radio programmer, my schedule has multiple games on multiple days, and I got to figure out which game I'm going where. You throw the Sixers and Flyers because we carry both. We carry the Eagles. We also have the ESPN baseball package. Man, all of these different uh, games coming into play are really – there's my calendar there, Phil. You got the color-coordinated games uh, with uh, all the options that I have and which ones I'm going with are highlighted in yellow there. You can see it's a bunch right now, but it's a perfect time. It's a fun time. It's a great time. NHL, they dropped the puck on, what was that, Tuesday night. We're recording on Wednesday, so their opener happening – on ESPN with the Lightning and the Rangers. Yeah, and I know ESPN um, announced that they're rolling out a lot of new production features as well for the NHL, all sorts of like kind of uh, down on the ice uh, sort of experiences for the viewers. So be interested to check those out. But the season began already. Uh, Sean McDonough um, on the play-by-play for that Lightning Rangers opening night game. And then out West, uh, the uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles game, Bob Wischusen, you know, had the call there on on the play-by-play side. So uh, Wischusen, you know, logging some uh, miles as well, you know, because he he certainly will will be doing football this weekend. And then the TNT regular season debut is upon us as well. Uh, Bruins Capitals, uh, Brendan Burke on the play-by-play call of that one, and then Kenny Albert on the call for Blackhawks and Avalanche. Okay, uh, we got some listener questions to kind of get our uh, pod to the finish line this week as uh, we are getting to the end here on the uh, Announcer Schedules podcast on the Sports Media Watch feed. I do want to make sure that you remind uh, everybody out there, tell me a story I don't know. Uh, the guest this week, I already listened to the pod, it is uh, Riverboat Ron, the head coach of the Washington uh, Commanders, uh, Ron Rivera. He joined uh, George Offman this week on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. TJ and John have all the ratings. Talk on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. And we are getting to the finish line of the announcer schedules podcast. Let's rip through some listener questions, Phil. Yeah, so our, our buddy Ben from St. Petersburg, Florida, um, once again bringing some some great questions. This first one, um, I noticed the contrast of crowd noise on different broadcasts. Is this intentional? Does the production team have the ability to turn it up or down? Um, I guess that is the you know the the crowd noise on any given broadcast. Uh, do they have separate crowd noise mics, or is the crowd noise what is picked up? on the announcer's microphones. Um, Mike, you want to get, get us started on this one? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, that there's crowd mics. They have them all, uh, depending on the network, I guess how many they have, where they have them. I noticed on the Fox game, baseball Phillies yesterday, those mics were really hot. They had the foul balls, the crack of the bat was certainly a lot louder than a local broadcast. So I don't know if they had a mic. Sometimes you get these mics that are buried right behind home plate there we've we've seen them get that close so yes they are different for each network the bigger the game the more mics they might have each one has the ability to turn those crowd mics up or down uh they certainly can pick up uh different things if they want to i thought the fox broadcast of the phillies game was really highlighted anybody listening to the podcast if you watch that phillies game on fox on tuesday I thought the mics were really loud. I mean, the crack of the bat, it made every ball sound like it was a home run. I don't know if I liked it or not because every ball that was hit sounded like a hard-hit ball, but uh, that's how I would uh, would kind of tackle that one. 
Yeah. So, I mean, obviously different sports have different locations for these crowd mics and depending on the scope and size of any given show um, depends on how many of those crowd microphones they have. I, I mean, I guess on the, on the kind of low budget side of things, oftentimes they just sort of stick a microphone outside of the booth to make sure that they, they get some sort of ambient noise, which would be kind of the, you know, the term in the industry that, that people use for all that. But then as you get more sophisticated and the budgets grow and you're able to place crowd microphones throughout the, the stadium, um, depending on the sport, uh, you could have them in these different locations where you really get the sounds of the game. And it, like you mentioned, Mike, you, you hear that with the, the crack of the bat, um, you know, in baseball, you hear that in basketball quite a bit with like the sneakers on, on the, on the court, you know, squeaking and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes you can even hear the ball, like, you know, uh, bounce off the rim, uh, that sort of thing. So that depends on the, the different crowd microphones that they might have throughout the stadium. But, you know, it's, it's sort of an art in and of itself. And there's guys who um, are um, absolute pros and, and this is their, their job is to mix it uh, just right. You know, where you want the right mix of announcer voice, crowd noise, sounds of the game, whatever it might be. And it can actually sort of uh, fluctuate throughout the game or you could tweak it throughout the game. It's a lot like a sound engineer or a sound man at a, a concert, you know, as far as like getting all the sounds exactly right. And, you know, these guys have these huge, fancy um, audio boards and so forth. Um you know, oftentimes there's there's one uh, audio engineer, uh, perhaps, you know, even a second one or, 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 or a handful of them in a production truck, uh, making sure that this is all mixed correctly. And then there's another sound engineer up in the booth with the announcers, making sure, you know, the voices there um, are um, working well and, and, and the microphones there are, are working correctly and so forth. Now, the, the, the question as far as whether the crowd noise is picked up on the announcer microphones, actually the, the complete opposite. You know, the, these microphones are built where it's really hard to pick up any noise beyond the actual announcer voice and you know i've been in some of these booths with these guys and and i've had um you know i've said things you know people would say oh oh goodness you can't you can't speak in a in a television booth while they're while they're on the air actually i can have a conversation with somebody kind of right next to the play-by-play announcer and it won't even be picked up because the microphones are uh tuned to such a level where they can only pick up uh, the announcer voice. Now, um, that being said, you know, I always tell my student broadcasters, consider every microphone you might be near hot because you don't want to, to get a, a side conversation uh, picked up. But certainly on the network level, um, the announcer uh, microphones are um, tuned and, you know, I guess built you know, for the idea of only picking up that announcer's voice, and then the engineer would mix in all those different sounds. There you go. All right. Uh, so hopefully that helped uh, Ben out a little bit. And he's got uh, one more question. Yeah, he he talks about um, as far as the different markets for the NFL broadcast. How's the market picked for any given NFL broadcast? For example, uh, in Tampa Bay, we usually get the AFC games of the Dolphins. Um, I'm assuming they get all the, the Buccaneers games, of course. Uh, but I know there are a lot of Jags fans that would rather have that game. Now, I don't know about that. Like, are there really that many Jags fans? <laughs> you know, as someone from, from uh, who 
live down in Florida? I don't know, but perhaps he knows a few in that Tampa Bay market. Who makes that choice, the NFL or the local TV station? Where is the line drawn? Orlando, for instance, perhaps say even split between Dolphin and Jag fans? Uh, which team gets the local Orlando broadcast? So, you know, I know kind of these um, coverage maps, um, you're able to find those as far as, you know, what markets are getting what games. But, you know, someone on the on the programming side, Mike, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on, on this question. Yeah, we get a similar situation here. Well, we are in South New Jersey, which gets Eagles games. North New Jersey, there's a cutoff somewhere in Ocean Monmouth County where they start to get the Giant games. Now, the Jets are also in play, but they're generally the CBS game where the Giants are the Fox game. If they're the Giants and the Eagles playing at the same time, the south part of the state will get the Eagles game. I do not know where that divide line happens, though, where the Giants get the game over the Eagles. It's somewhere up in Ocean, maybe Northern Ocean County, but we generally... I guess the question might also morph into when the home team is not playing, how do they decide which game you get? So a lot of times we will get that uh, next local market, which would be the Giant game. So I get stuck watching a lot of Giants, Jets, uh, Washington in my market, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, because that's what we're closer to. I think they try to regionalize it as much as possible or – if there's a big national game, like last week, for instance, the Eagles-Arizona game was only on in those two markets. That was it. So you had to be in either Arizona or Philadelphia or South Jersey to get that game. Every other game, uh, every other market had a different game on other than that one. So they try to put the best games on or the game that goes to your regional market. Yeah, and, you know, it's certainly – not taken lightly and you know there's probably a ton of data that that backs all these decisions up you know network programmers uh making these decisions so i don't think they just use sort of anecdotal you know type type feels and that kind of thing uh but certainly data goes into the decisions and want to give a shout out to the the website 506sports.com uh if you want to check them out uh, they actually publish the the coverage maps every week, and they're kind of fascinating to take a look. Like like you mentioned, Mike, you know, sort of, you know, the rhyme or reason, uh, you know, why certain parts of the country get certain games. But if you check those guys out, you'll be able to get a, a head start on uh, what's heading to your market each week. Okay, good stuff. Uh, let's uh, close it out. What do we got going on this week? Well, um, another week here at, at Brevard College as we, we continue in our fall sports season. I'm, I'm going to be doing a bunch of soccer this week and then keeping an eye on, um, you know, all the happenings as as we ramp up uh, all these different sports. I can't wait to, to, to follow the Major League Baseball playoffs as they unfold, uh, college football and the NFL as well, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep on rocking with the announcer skeds. We'll be back next week for episode 20. For me, I'm doing my normal radio show. It's a little uh, truncated this week because of the Phillies. We are carrying the Phillies games on uh, yesterday, Wednesday, which we're recording on, and Friday, so my shows will be abbreviated. I'll be off the air at 4.30 leading you into the broadcast. That's Carl Ravage and Tim Kirkchen on that national call in the Philly market if you're listening uh, from that market. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'm back on my normal stuff. Mondays on Good Morning NFC East at 720. 
Wednesdays on Birds 365 at 8.20 in the morning. And, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're still rocking and rolling. I'll probably be back doing some play-by-play once we get to some high school football playoffs in the market here uh, in uh, South Jersey. So there we go, episode 19 in the books. We hit all four of the major sports. By the way, I do want to mention um, the uh, MLS, the last broadcast for the local markets was this week. Those games are going much like the NFL where you're going to get national broadcast now on Apple TV Plus moving forward here. So guys like J.P. Della Camera, who does the union game, uh, he did a sign-off the other night because he said, you know, this is it. The national broadcasts are going to start taking over for MLS moving forward here. Phil, I wanted to get that in. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to see how that goes. Um, you know, I think Apple this season probably learned quite a few things with the MLB coverage on, on Friday night. So we'll see how that goes with Major League Soccer. Well, this is going to be interesting because, yes, now they're going to – it's almost like football now where you're you're not going to have a home team announcer. It will be national crews doing the local teams. So you're not going to get that local guy that you feel comfortable with. The MLS has been around for, you know, about 20, 25 years. They play the Union in Philly on PHL 17 is their home station here. J.P. Delacamera, who's a national guy. If you're a soccer fan, you probably know J.P., but he's the local Union guy. He gave a pretty emotional send-off the other night thanking the fans and the organization for his time there, saying not knowing what's next for him as a broadcaster in terms of the Union. Maybe he'll get picked up by this national feed, but when you go to watch MLS games now, Apple TV Plus will be where you go, and it will be a national broadcast. All right. There we go. Episode 19 in the books. We hit them all. Check back. We always could uh, add some. We might have a guest later on in the week. Check the feed on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed. Uh, Check out the Sports Media Watch podcast with TJ and John. George Offman, tell me a story I don't know. Uh, Ron Rivera is this week's guest. Rate, review, subscribe. Episode 19 in the book for Phil. I'm Mike. Have a great rest of your weekend and enjoy all of the sports and all of the games, everybody. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.